Hello and welcome back to Pokemon Radio. We are your hosts, Derek and Ceci, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Now, unfortunately, Professor Oak's unable to join us today. He's actually doing jury duty on the famous fake Scyther case. I don't know if you've heard about this one, Ceci, but it's quite exciting. Um, so apparently some person dressed up as a Scyther with an, as an excuse to decapitate random strangers, and Oak is part of the jury. So good luck. It's going to be a long trial. Hang tight and don't make the wrong decision or you might lose your head for it. So no pressure, Oak. Have you ever served jury duty, Derek? I have not. I was asked once right before I moved to Miami as like a young lad and uh, I got out of it because I moved. Yeah, I served once here in Detroit and it was not fun. So so all our T's and P's. <laughs> Kudos and apologies, yeah, to Oak. T's and P's out to Oak right now. Now let's go ahead. Last- what? T's and what? Thoughts and prayers, T's and P's. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. We got a lot to get through. Time is only a construct. Now, we left our trainers in New Barktown after winning the final gym badge with Claire and receiving the master ball from Professor Elm because we have some masterful balls. Now, Astrid and Paul, let's do a final team check-in because this is about to be epic. What do the squads look like before we get to that Elite Four? So Astrid did a little bit of specialized leveling in between getting that last gym badge and making her way back to New Barktown and where we found her prior to setting off on this final leg of her journey. So um, everyone's at level 40 now. I feel like I can just say that up front. I'll remind you of who's on the team, but no, everyone's at level 40. So we have... Girafferig, the Sun, Slowking, the Hierophant, Alakazam, the Magician, Zatu, Justice, Espeon, the High Priestess, and Jinx, the Empress. Again, all level 40. Hey, and for once, I would say Paul put in some work too. Not quite the amount of work that Astra did, but I think it's, it's respectably close. And for Paul's team, we went ahead and sideways... The Ariados is actually at level 38. Got Slim Thrug the Heracross at level 38. Got Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones, the Ledian. <laughs> actually, all the way up at level 41, which was quite impressive. You got Chopped the Scyther up at level 40. And then uh, poor Buzzy Body the Breed Beedrill just back at level 35. Um, just kind of hanging out in the back. Now, Beedrill it, it's still useful, but for whatever reason, in the paths leading up, just kind of got left out a little bit, so poor poor Beedrill kind of fell behind the squad. I feel like I want to hit on this more once we get to an actual discussion of Astrid and Paul's time at the Indigo Plateau, but yes. their Pokemon levels really aren't as high as they were when Dino and Boochus were there. Not even close. Not even remotely. Even for the trainer battles that we see leading up to it, I was very shocked. Because I don't know, like... It feels like the Pokemon are strong that Astrid and Paul have, but nowhere near Yeah, like where you'd think for an Elite Four battle, but apparently right. that's not the case. Standards have I gone mean, down. Back in my day, <laughs> you had to have level 50 Pokemon. Yeah, and you had to walk At the least. entire End Victory Road. You had to walk it for three years. Yeah, it was a whole <laughs> pilgrimage you made. Not no 10 minutes. Back in my day, level 70 Pokemon were considered too low. Okay. <laughs> Should we should we just move on before you get back in my whole thing? (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna start with Route twenty six and twenty seven. 
basically as we leave New Bark Town, because we left off in New Bark Town, going surfing across the waters to go ahead and get into Tojo, which when I read Tojo, I was just like, are they just trying to do like a weird Johto? Yo, did play? you yeah, did you know that it was Johto rearranged? Cause I legit did not until being back on this journey with Asteroid however many years later. I realize it's just a scramble of Johto. Yes, my thing was, I was wondering, because it's like the area between Kanto and Johto, so I don't know why they didn't do some combination of, can- like, Kojo, or like... Kanho? Kanho, yes! Why isn't it Kanho? <laughs> <laughs> can we hoe it? Yes, we can, Kanho. It should have been Kanho. <laughs> I'm very disappointed now. But, <laughs> so I'm going to call it Can Kanho Falls, uh, breaks up Route 27. <laughs> Uh, we do have to use Waterfall, which I guess finally, like, I feel like this was the most immediate use of one of the HMs, where it's literally, we, just, we go get it, immediately see a huge benefit. A lot of the HMs we just found in random spots, seemingly for no reason, and it's just yeah. like, oh, there's a dead body, let me go steal that HM. Or, oh, there's another <laughs> dead body, I'm going to steal that HM. This one was probably still from a dead body, but it was more of an immediate, <laughs> immediate like, benefit. Like, I don't think Astrid used Flash at all that i can think of <laughs> yeah and yeah she would not have had to use whirlpool if claire hadn't thrown a massive fit that's a really so. good point yeah <laughs> fuck you at oh. least yeah <laughs> fuck you claire <laughs> you really it. told her I, yeah no coming back from that now route 26 <laughs> is a lot there's a lot going on there i don't know why it's so long what is the purpose so we are officially in Kanto. Yes, because the little dude just which tells was cool. us. Yeah, the little dude's like, yeah. bet you didn't know something crazy. You're in fucking Kanto. Which I feel like a sign would have been better than some dude just yelling it at you. Like, like uh, welcome to Kanto. Yeah. yeah. Like, that seems Population, a lot more useful. I don't know, 50? How many people do you think? Yeah, like basically, Kanto? like 75. <laughs> but, like, I, I just feel like I don't know how much you're paying this dude to sit there and just yell, Welcome to Kanto! It's like some Moe shit. Welcome to Moe's! And it's just some weird oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Except no burritos. Uh, I feel like a sign would be more efficient. Um, Ceci, you made a note saying that the day of the week siblings live in a house. Yup. Yep. Yep. In I, the middle of Route 26. I didn't go in any houses. Oh, you really missed out because there Paul are two interesting houses on this route. Really? No, the, I think the only place Paul stopped was there was like a rest stop uh, at one point to heal up. But uh, Paul yes, was just trekking yeah. forward. He's like, fuck all these people. I'm not in the mood. I'm trying to get to the Elite Four. <laughs> and that was kind of... He's always been really purpose-driven. 100%. Sure. Very much. Yeah. Route 26, in addition to just being very long in terms of distance from start to finish, there's also a lot of ledges and small patches of grass to backtrack through. And most of them don't really go anywhere, but, like, your steps really add up when you're going through that. And yeah. Astrid, as she was exploring some of these ledges um, off to the side of the path, the day of the week, siblings' house is there. So we all met Santos last episode in Blackthorn City. Uh, apparently, he has six other siblings that we never actually met. So sorry to the rest of you all. Frida is Friday. That's the only one I remember. And in the house, there's, like, a manifesto. <laughs> is what I'm going to call it, where the um, one of them, I don't know which one, I don't remember who the oldest is. I presume it's the oldest who left this. Lays out basically like a statement of purpose of like our purpose for being in this region of the world is to help trainers on their journey. So we're going to assign each of you a different location in Johto 
and you're going to be there one day a week, which as an aside, if your goal or purpose really was to help out trainers, like, wouldn't you be there all the time, I guess? You would think. But whatever. I guess a girl's got to eat what, you know, I don't know. Or maybe they just have, like, team meetings all the time. But then I guess no one's ever free. The whole family's never free the whole day. Whatever. In any case, <laughs> I didn't read the whole thing. Astrid yeah. obviously didn't care at all. But the mm-hmm. manifesto of purpose was definitely weird. I think we, you know, already tread that ground pretty thoroughly. But just, mm-hmm. you know, reemphasizing, like... Strange. I'm glad there was no one in the house, I guess is what I'll say. Because, like, the penchant that these kids have for breaking into houses, like, yes. I don't think this would have been healthy uh, sh- had people been here. Well, I guess I should be proud of Paul for not breaking into any more houses. See, Paul was very focused. Uh, Paul has been working on a victory verse basically since we started mm-hmm. nearing the Elite Four. Because he knows that he's got to drop the best verse possible when he beats the Elite Four. Because he's had little, little you know, clever quips here we and there. heard. Yeah, yeah, gym verse in a while. No, he's so been, he's really been working hard on it. He this. has been working on it. He's going to have a whole gym verse ready or elite four verse. It's been weeks in, in preparation. And yeah, I'm very proud of him, but that was he was too focused. No time for days that. of the week and shit like that. Now, moving on from the days of the week, there was something that I know Paul did see on here that there is a trainer that mentions butt munch um, and even made mention of minor arcana that they've already been through. Um, which like now they're trying to beat the elite four. Is that they went from like, oh, we're gonna rob people. Yeah, look at us. We just hate yeah, people that like Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. We're just assholes. We're butt munchers. Then all of a sudden, oh no, now we're gonna take down Team Rocket or maybe join them or I don't know. But we're around Team Rocket, and now it's like I'm gonna be the very best. Like no one ever was. Like where is this path you're going on? I don't know. Yeah, the lack of focus is really honestly incredible because the amount of dedication and planning and forethought that would have had to go into the heist of Professor Elm's lab, like, that place is not just, you know, anybody can walk into it. Like, they've got security measures in place. So to bypass all of that in order to steal that starter Pokemon... And then, like, your whole, like, I guess it's one of those things, like, they didn't think they were going to be successful in the first step of the plan, and then they've just been making up the rest of it as they go along, obviously, because there's been literally no cohesion, and yeah. they haven't been successful at literally anything. Yeah, it, it, it's just... I still didn't know they were doing gym battles! Like... I, I, I have no idea what they're trying to do. I think the less we think about them, the better. It, it's just, it's not even... The battles haven't been interesting. It just feels like it feels like Astrid and Paul are just bored of them, annoyed by them. It's more of just like oh, a definitely. like an annoying speed bump at this point. Just a butt munching speed bump, and I'm just <laughs> I'm done with them. Now, one thing I will say, somebody owes us some money. Because last time we were at the Elite Four, one of the big things that we had recommended was this stupid ass system of walking to these seventy five different employees spread out by three hundred feet, showing gym badges Eight. one by one. There are only eight badges, so there are only eight guards. There's 20, okay? There were 20 employees that they were overpaying, and I just ripped my headphones out in anger because that's how passionate I am about this, and we were not happy with it, and they needed to just get more efficient, and they had a little self-help thing. They had little, like, improvements where you can submit little requests or uh, suggestions to Comment improve Comment box. Yes. Suggestion that, box. A suggestion yes. box. Not and it said self-help. You know what? Sassy. Shut your mouth when you talk to me. Literally now, the opposite you, of self You shut your mouth when you talk to me, Sessie. And now, 
it said some sort of cash reward if we pick one of your ideas and both of us you and i both submit that idea and i have not seen a dime from them not anything not even a thank you note not even a fake thank you note not even an acknowledgement that is our idea to clarify i don't think derek actually said this they now just check all of the badges oh sorry yes it's all in one (laughs) i was very passionate about not being paid for our brilliant idea i don't remember who came up with it probably (laughs) you but i'm gonna take credit for that shit it was almost definitely you you know what sessie again i'm gonna gonna go find that clip from last season and and drop it in right here but it was just this like big showy thing that felt like it was a waste of money even if they have this path, why not just have one guard check all of them? It was wildly inefficient. <laughs> and as y'all heard, I was clearly right. No, <laughs> I definitely was me. 1,000% was me. Derek and I didn't listen to that clip, so you all will be finding out at the same time we're finding out. Well, if I'm right, though, in. that's going to be some crazy shit. So now let's move on to Victory Road. <laughs> Victory Road has no trainers. Which is concerning, given your previous sort of commentary. Yes, I'm pretty sure everyone died. There, there were people here before. There aren't any anymore. It hasn't been that long. If you go digging at all. Is this the same Victory Road that Kanto would go through? Or is this like how every state in the U.S. has a city named Springfield? Like, I think it's the I same. I guess we are in Kanto, but yeah. is it the same? I, I think it is. Because I don't remember this Route 26. No. <gasps> oh, unless, wait. Could this Route 26 be a billion miles long, which is the route that leads up to the gate check, because they now just have one check instead of eight different ones? So all of that, like, space that we had to traverse with Bugis and Dino is now just filled with trainers because the pokemon league didn't need to like lease that land anymore that's that's what i'm thinking honestly that that is kind of where i'm leaning with that um yeah and because there's still like a lot of different uh ecosystems there although i think that there was a flooded area that had to be surfed over there was a lot more water previously but they could have filled that shit in all i know is if you go dig yeah because now there's like construction in houses so yeah victory road must be haunted as shit that's all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna be there at night i'm not trying to play around with that we are gonna avoid the area to say the least Well, victory road is a lot shorter now so i guess like they must have sold off a lot of land and built up the front part of victory road to where this new like indoor gate check area is with the two paths that lead off not to victory road so yeah i guess do you think that the do you think they needed money like do you Ooh. think that okay here's a question conspiracy time yeah do you think that this change that we suggested was implemented in the name of efficiency or to cut costs because they cut their headcount way down yeah and they don't own it seems a bunch of that land anymore what if everyone died even the employees they had no choice that's why everyone's dead in victory road there was some sort of massacre oh no that would be distressing there was a serial killer on the loose that it, going crazy f- false scyther that santos Or it was a fucking jinx just running around with its bosom out murdering people. That sounds like something a jinx would do. I am not here for this anti-jinx slander. All right. So then Victory Road. Yeah. So yeah. Very short. No trainers. Um, Paul did not pack enough repels. So it took a little bit longer than I was comfortable with. There was a lot of big rock type Pokemon trying to bash us over the head. Which again, probably is what killed everyone. But, um, yeah, that was your first mistake. We stay stocked with uh super repels that 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 was a mistake for sure. Now, Paul kind of just 
sped through Victory Road, had no interest again. He, he's ready for this Elite Four. He's ready to drop this verse. Um, but I know it seems like you and Astrid explored a wee bit more to try to find some goodies in there. Yeah, so looking at Astrid's team lineup, once we got through the badge check, you know, I kind of pulled her aside because, you know, there's that little, like, waiting area type of space there before you actually go into Victory Road. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, let's do, like, an inventory. Let's check out your team. Like, I know you did some leveling, but you're still, like, a little bit lower levels than what the Elite Four has. So let's see sort of what gaps you might be able to fill with TMs. And one very interesting thing that we thought could be very helpful that ended up not being that helpful was uh, Girafferig, the sun, is able to learn Earthquake, which I was hey. like, oh, Earthquake, like, that's always in Victory Road. So we spent some time exploring, looking for that TM, uh, found it in a little side room area. Um, I assume you guys just went, like, it's a very straightforward path. Yeah. You don't spend that much time exploring. Astrid spent a lot of time in here just making sure, like, any useful items that other trainers had dropped on their way through, some elixirs, full restores, full heals. Like, she grabbed everything she could find. Just because, you know, with a single-type team, especially with the disadvantage that you're all going to hear about that Astrid had with one of the members of the Elite Four, she needed to make sure she had all the help she could get. So, TM26, Earthquake, taught that to the Sun Giraffe Rig. So we finally at least had something to do with steel types, which I don't think showed up at all in the Elite Four. <laughs> <laughs> but just in case. But just in yeah. case. You know, the Paul Paul booked that shit. He was the only time he was pausing. He was kept jotting, jotting stuff down, um, trying to figure out exactly, you know, where what direction to go with it. He's feeling pretty confident, but booked it out of there. But unfortunately, if you notice, I got a little quiet, a little sad. But much makes another appearance, slash minor arcana. <laughs> We're about to leave Victory Road, just happy to make it out at this point. Dead bodies left and right. His body's everywhere. We're ready to get rested up. And all of a sudden, up runs Butt Munch. One, why didn't you get eaten by an onyx or crushed by a graveler? That would have been a better use of your time. Now you're up trying to get an R face, wanting another Pokemon battle. And look, I'm tired of it. Not only to mention that, let me spoil alert for this battle. It wasn't much of a struggle, but but much as Typhlosion apparently only knows Smokescreen and just yes! wanted this battle to go on for 17 hours. Yes. Literally 17 hours. Every time we try to do anything, oh, that missed. Oh, that missed. I don't even know if it does another attack. I literally think it might have used all the PP for Smokescreen within that one battle. That is honestly the one place where Girafferig knowing Earthquake came in handy because the Typhlosion kept using Smokescreen. So Astrid would send out the Hierophant, her Slow King, to try and use Surf. If too many smoke screens happened that she couldn't, you know, fully kill this Typhlosion, then she swapped in the Sun to use Earthquake because that's also super effective against fire types and just kept yeah. going back and forth with them. So Yeah, Ariados, uh, uh, sideways Ariados was trying to use Dig, but every time would just miss. So it was just Dig, smoke screen miss smoke screen dig smoke screen and it was just back and it was ridiculous it took so long and then having to switch in other pokemon they'd get smoke screen yeah so just it's the perfect way for butt munch to go out <laughs> to their interaction yeah so i do just want to clarify that like we ran into trainers on route 26 who indicated that butt munch and minor arcana were already ahead of us right yeah of our trainers and then 
I know you guys didn't spend as much time exploring, so, you know, maybe you did somehow leapfrog over Buttmunch. But Astrid spent so much dang time in this dang cave, I don't know how she somehow got ahead of Minor Arcana that they came running up after her as she was trying to leave this cave. And then, yeah. after all of that, they just leave. At least KPG Asteroid and Assface, like, they got their shit wrecked in Victory Road as well, but then they, like, pulled themselves yeah. together and, like, continued forward on their path. Like, you know, yeah. admirable determination for a 10-year-old. And Bumunch and Minor <laughs> Connor are just like, okay, you know like, what? I'm just kidding. I mean, they must have had all eight badges in order to get past the badge guard, but, like, I don't... Uh, I, I don't, don't know have anything else to say because I'm just so Maybe they confused. just used... Maybe they just used smokescreen and stole them. Just, like, smoke the place out and or stole the badge. Or used smokescreen to get past the badge guards because no one looks at your badges again after that. Or that. That's a good point. One of those that two. That would be yeah, a lot believe. easier than stealing eight badges. And now for a quick word from our sponsors. Hey there, everyone. Are you looking for the perfect place to bring your family, friends, and loved ones? Then look no further than Victory Road. Victory Road is the place to be. And don't worry, when you come, you won't be bothered by anyone. Don't worry about the dead bodies. Don't worry about the skeletons. Don't worry about the cries for help. It's just all part of the decor. It's not scary, it's not dangerous, and it's only a little lonely. But this is where the best trainers come to prove themselves. Want to show off in front of that girl you're trying to impress? Bring her here and see how much you can stand up to the dangerous Pokemon. Want to show your parents they should be proud of you? Bring them here and show them you can stave off the most dangerous Pokemon imaginable to help y'all survive through the night. And even better, if you don't make it, we'll give you an honorary plaque on the outside showing your name in memoriam of all the victims that Victory Road has taken. Victory Road. The suffering is just part of the experience. our show indigo plateau happiness let's get back to the positive side because we are about to get to the elite four no more butt munch no more no more <laughs> any of these other annoying people in our lives we have the elite four uh, and okay kind of underwhelming what <laughs> final prep did uh if any did paul wall do prior to going into the first room uh, none really just stocked up on some hyper potions and some revives just in case but he was feeling pretty confident he had kind of leveled up the squad a good amount uh, and hadn't really had any issues recently especially so earlier before heading over this way after they went to Newbark, that was kind of like a quick aside he did go ahead and run back to goldenrod and buy both thunder punch and ice punch mm, for yeah. ledian mike jones oh nice Mike Jones. Oh, sorry. Who? Mike Jones. There we go. We'll go ahead. And now the first trainer that we go ahead and run into. Will. Is uh, kind of stealing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of jocking a Astrid's vibe there. It's Will the Psychic Trainer. Um, Who's yeah, not even us. cool. He's just like a dweeb with like a vest on and like 
some yeah. superhero mask goggle things. His hair is dyed yeah. to match his suit. I just don't understand, like, what vibe he's trying to put out. Like, at least Sabrina, the psychic type gym leader in Kanto, like, put out a whole, like, somewhat ethereal but, like, commanding vibe that I think really matched with that type. And Will is just like, are you in a circus? Are you a superhero alter ego? Are you just a confused college student? Like, I don't know what you're trying to do here. What What is this look and why do you think it's working for you? Yeah. What did, did you or Paul have any impressions? I'm sure you, Derek, literally didn't even notice, but. <laughs> oh, the, the, as far as the attire being yeah. worn? Not even, I'm literally looking it up right now. Um, oh gosh. The, the pink suit with the vest and such? Yeah. I was not even paying attention. Yeah, I don't know what you're going for. It looks like you're trying to be a part of, like, a very, like, extra version of My Chemical Romance. Oh, that's another reference I don't get. I know. Black Parade, oh. something, something. I didn't know. Beyond me. It's kind of got, like, an emo look to it, but, like, too colorful. I don't know what's happening yes. there. I don't know what that style also, is. Also, vests have literally never worked for anybody. Challenge accepted. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be showing up next week wearing a vest. Now... What about this you battle? You like pretty good because... in your sweater vest. No, we don't just want hey. to keep catching fashion. <laughs> Gra- I did look great in a sweater vest. Thank you. Maybe y'all will have a picture soon to come of me in a sweater <laughs> vest on the on the social medias before too long. I'll share it for now. Sure. <laughs> All, right, All right, battle, I guess. Now, well, th- yeah, I-, I literally, it was just hair across using strength and bashing things over the face. It really didn't get much deeper than that um interesting yeah yeah it's especially at this point heracross is i believe at the beginning of the battle was over level 40 at that point i'm trying to think of where because he started at level 38 before victory road and all that i see and it was just it just really wasn't that much of a challenge and this i I, from my understanding a lot of psychic types don't have great physical defenses to start with i don't remember the exact stats of them but it wasn't really much of a issue and thankfully heracross is not part poison so you didn't get screwed over with the psychic uh, right. super effectiveness yeah, there. Yeah, with most bugs. Yeah, I mean, Astrid, there was a little bit more um, strategy there, I guess I would say. It was very amusing to have some Zatu on Zatu violence uh, when Justice came out against one of the Zatus. Um, but yeah, Astrid just, you know, really put everything that she had learned to work here and started just hammering down on type advantages so she had the empress her jinx uh use icy wind on three of will's pokemon his two zatus and executor um flying and grass types weak to ice so no issues there Slowbro was a little bit more of a challenge just because it's such a tank and Mm -hmm. Astro didn't have any Pokemon that were super effective against it that also got, like, the type matching to get stronger moves, the stab. Yeah. So this was the Magician, Alakazam, because he knew Thunder Punch. Uh, So just a couple of Thunder Punches. Alakazam, like you said, doesn't have, like, the best physical defense. So Slowbro was using Mm -hmm. some body slams, and things got kind of dicey there. But uh, the Magician was able to pull it out in the end. Um, and then Jinx was really the only one that even gave Astrid, like, pause. Because really the only thing that she had a, to fight a Jinx was her Espeon, because it knew Bite. Um, yeah. But 
it was not a very strong move. Uh, and Jinx being ice type was super effective against uh, a couple of Astro's Pokemon. Justice for sure, the um, Zatu. So, and of course, Jinx itself couldn't fight the Empress. So, I think this is Espeon's show and. The issues that Astrid ran into with Slowbro against her Alakazam were only amplified here with Jinx because it was just such a weak move, but there was really no other option. I did like the second Zatu, the higher level one, yeah. definitely got Thunder Punch to the face. Oh, so I, yeah. it was a strength for the first four. And then at that point, he, once he saw the second Zatu coming, Thunder Punch to the face was too satisfying and too easy. So sure. Letty and Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones had to get in there with the face punch. Now, that's enough with Will. We've had enough of you, Will. Now we got to go hang out with our boy, Koga. Who got a promotion. I was so Yes, congrats. It's so exciting. We also, spoiler alert, do have an exclusive interview, which this is some big news, Ceci. This is some big news because how often do we get to sit down? Or we didn't. We never get to sit down. But how often does field correspondent Gabby get to sit down? With a freaking Elite Four member, discuss with them. It's a not once in a lifetime because we've talked to Lance plenty, but it's still exciting. More it's exciting than Lance at this point, for sure. Like, it's exhilarating. I'm Koga's sure kind he of will bit... have way more interesting things to say than Lance did. Oh, for sure. And you know what? Let's just hype it up. Do you want to cut to that real quick now before we get a little piece of Koga? No, no, no. Let's keep no? uh, let's keep this show going and, and build up that anticipation. Boo! I want to get to it. I'm excited. Fine, Koga. We'll get to Koga. Now, Koga obviously likes poison Pokemon, and I am actually a huge fan of Koga Squad. I think this is the one Elite Four member where every one of the Pokemon he used, I was excited to see. Yeah. Um, I'm a sucker for Crobat. I use Crobat whenever I am involved. Now, as far as for the poison squad, it wasn't too bad. Um, or, uh, Dig. Dig is a thing. Yeah. Dig is a very good attack, and Ariados loves Dig. So that was a huge kind of just advantage to have um, and kind of was able to it because at this point also Ariados, because Beedrill got a little left behind, um, basically all the other members of the squad got to around level 40 and up by this point. Okay. So that was solid. And then at that point, this uh, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones became so fucking clutch for Paul because there are so many situations where previously he would have been in a bad spot like with Crobat. Yeah. And Thunder Punch was just so good to be able to just pull out of nowhere. And especially the tank that Ledian is takes some punishment back. It was a pretty solid strategy for Did Kobe. you say that Ledian also learned Fire Punch? Because I was very curious to hear how Paul Wall dealt with that Fortress. So it was I it was Thunder Punch and um Ice Punch. Fun, oh, fire okay. Punch was the one that you're not actually able to use. Interesting. Um, so, okay. Well, yeah. I guess it's a bug, so that's dangerous. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been yeah, just light itself on fire. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, yeah. So the, the I won't lie, quite a few hyper potions may have been used in this battle, for better or worse, but Earthquake was still enough for both the Fortress Muck, Venomoth, Ariados. It's just the for whatever reason, Ariados sideways for uh-huh. Paul has been very clutch with it. And it's just a strong attack. So it was kind of just Fell into the same routine almost as the first battle, where it was just strength. Fuck it, just keep doing it again and again. The exact same pattern, essentially. Even with the switch to Mike Jones at the end to go ahead and use a Thunder Punch. So almost the same cadence. Astrid went into this battle being very confident Mm -hmm. in her chances of success, which I think is warranted. You know, Koga's a Poison-type trainer. She's got Psychic-type Pokemon. Like, there's clearly a type advantage there. 
So yeah. starting off strong with that Aria dose, you know, Psychic from I don't even remember who. Everybody, almost everybody knows Psychic at this point. And so she was Jealous. just firing those off left and right. Fortress was Koga's second Pokemon, and I don't know if this was the case for Paul Wall as well, but getting that Ariados down was a real confidence booster for Astrid, and then Fortress comes out. It's not a poison type. It's a bug steel type, and Astrid Mm. was just like, I have no idea what to do with this thing. So she sent out the sun to use Earthquake, and that didn't really work. Fortress kept using spikes, uh, so any Pokemon that swapped in would take some damage so then she took out the sun and put in zatu uh and it started using fly but then each round that justice would try and attack you know because fly is a two-turn attack it would just use protect on itself that's really interesting because maybe maybe koga felt bad for paul but there was not much protect used despite the fact that earthquake was being used literally just over and over again repeatedly and like you said earthquake didn't do a ton of damage for you yeah digs the same thing so it took quite a few hits to actually kill the fortress so i'm interested that protect was not more utilized so what actually ended up happening was that astrid figured okay koga is because she tried to use fly like three or four times and every single time that that attack was set to hit fortress used protect so Astrid was like, okay, I'm going to back off. Um, I think she used Nightshade a couple of times just to throw Koga mm. off his rhythm. And then she attempted to use Fly again. And super luckily, this was actually how the Fortress went down. Justice was faster than Fortress. So it took off and flew up into the air. And then on that same turn, Fortress used Explosion and just exploded and that was how that battle ended because that i think could have gone on for much 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 longer okay that undoes every compliment i was just like look at him using protect strategically then he blows up his damn fortress while you're in the air so you know what i take back all the compliments yeah uh, paul didn't get off that easy there was no explosion but it was just that battle with just that one pokemon it wasn't even like Fortress was doing a huge amount of damage to any of Astrid's Pokemon. Like, the only damage-dealing move that it knows, other than Explosion, is Swift. So, Mm. you know, she wasn't really in a bad spot, but it was just, like... Just annoying. Yeah, there was no movement at all. So, she got super lucky with that. From there, Venomoth, Crobat, again, both Poison types, both got uh, Psychics, no problem. And then this Muck came out. (sighs) And I'm curious, did Paul have any issues with this muck? No, it was this. Literally, it was this the same strategy. Yeah. It was, fuck it. Fuck it. Earthquake or so fuck it. Dig. That would make sense, right? That you just continue to use the strategy that works. That is not what Astrid did. Oh no. Oh no. The Hierophant, her slow king, was still at level forty. By this point, you know, like you said, getting through the couple of rats beforehand, this battle with Will, so far this battle with Koga, a couple of her other Pokemon had started leveling up to like forty two or forty three. The Aerophont mm. was still at level forty, and Astrid had done her research and knew that the final member of the Elite Four had a fire type that could really cause mm. some issues for her. So she was like, Okay, yeah. I really need to focus on getting this Hierophant leveled up a little bit so that I'm not in such a bad position when it comes down to this final battle. And the only psychic type move that the Hierophant knew was Confusion. I don't even know what level it learned psychic. We don't get the TM for that. So, like, I don't know what was going on. And on the first turn, this muck used Minimize 
And so all of Astrid's attacks kept missing, but she was so adamant that she send in and finish the job with the Hierophant. The mod continued to use Toxic on every single Pokemon. I swear to you, Derek, oh, no. all of her Pokemon, I think there were like three casualties in this battle because <laughs> the Hierophant would go down because it just knew Confusion. She would swap in something else, use Revive on the Hierophant, but then to avoid the experience split between two Pokemon doing this battle, she would just let whatever Pokemon she had swapped in faint so she could send the Hierophant back out again so it would get the full amount of experience. And, like, this kept going on, like I said, for, like, three or four different Pokemon. It was such a nightmare at one point kogi used a max potion and she had to start the whole process all over oh, again no, that that is enough I, that, that's one of the it was many a reasons why i should never be a pokemon <laughs> trainer but if i was and someone ever pulled that shit where i just work for like 30 minutes to get something down you use a max potion I'm, we're fighting this is no longer a pokemon battle this is just a fist fight <laughs> and just fuck it the winner will work if you're knocked out unconscious i don't think you can order your pokemon to do shit no astrid had reserved um the empress who was the highest level at this point and new psychic so if things got really dire she could just send the empress in and and finish off this muck with a psychic but it was woof not pretty (laughs) yeah that is uh not ideal yeah again i I think paul i don't want to say lucky but kind of just smashing his head against the wall with the same attack seemed to get him through it and I want to say at this point, maybe he went through six or seven uh, <laughs> hyper potions. He was being very generous with those. I realize it's hypocritical from what I just said. But, like, yeah, basically it was like, fuck it. I just made all this money battling a million trainers. I didn't. I already have 17 grills. I don't need any more. What else can I spend it on? And yeah. just went overboard. So uh, maybe take an easy way out. But it works. Now, let's go ahead and jump to the interview with Koga with field correspondent Gabby. Uh, enjoy the interview. And we will be right back. A quick break, and we'll be right back with the show. Hi there, folks. Field correspondent Gabby here once again at Indigo Plateau, here with a brand new member of the Elite Four. You all might know him, might recognize this name. Let's give a warm welcome to Koga. Hey, hello, everyone. My name is Koga. It's great to have you here with us. I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to join us. Let's just get right into some questions. I know there's some very interested fans in the audience here that uh, have a a lot of interest in what you have to say. Sounds good to me. Let's get right into it. All right. So our first question, pretty basic. Start off easy with a softball. Uh, Can you tell our listeners, why did you decide to specialize in poison type Pokemon? Well, that is real easy, you see. With a taste of your lips, I'm on a ride. You're toxic, I'm slipping under with a taste of a poison paradise. I'm addicted to you, don't you know that you're toxic? Um, I don't think that really answered the question, but it was a interesting choice for sure. Um, let's just move on. Uh, can you tell our listeners... How did you achieve a promotion from gym leader to now being a member of the Elite Four? Well, that is also a quite a simple question, because uh, it's getting late to give you up. I took a sip from my devil's cup. Slowly, it's taking over me. 
too high, can't come down. It's in the air and it's all around. Can you feel me now? Okay, I don't really know what's going on here. Um, can you just tell us who you left in charge of the Fuchsia City Gym? Again, that is uh, quite simple, because, uh, baby, can't you see? I'm calling. Wah, 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 wah. Okay, um, I don't know what's going on here, and I'm starting to feel a little, uh, concerned, so let's just, uh, wrap it up here with our hard-hitting question, the patented hard-hitting question for the folks at home. What do you say to the allegations that you used your Pokemon League proceeds to help fund the legal fight to maintain Britney Spears' conservatorship, and how does it feel to know you've been defeated both in court and in battle today? To that I say, wah, 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 wah. You're toxic, I'm slipping up with the taste of a poison paradise. I'm addicted to you, don't you know that you're toxic? <laughs> and I love what you do, don't you know that you're toxic? <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite one we've ever done, Sussy. Now back to our show. Alright, I have sufficiently salivated over Bruno. Still here, still looking good as hell. Good for you, Bruno, and hit me up. Now, for the Pokemon battle, unfortunately, the, his Pokemon were not as impressive as his body. Um, Scyther was able to just wing attack the shit out of everything minus the Onix. And then that was just, uh, Onix really wasn't too much of a struggle for, again, beating your face against the wall with an Earthquake. Which, I don't understand why Earthquake and... Or, sorry, Dig. I keep saying Earthquake. This is just, like, a thing for this entire episode. If I've said Earthquake, I meant Dig. Even when it's not very effective against certain ones or just regularly effective, it does so much fucking damage. I've never seen a situation where Paul decided to use Dig, and it didn't leave a mark on the Pokemon. Dig like, the thing is just ridiculous. super effective against Onyx, because it's part rock. Oh, it is. And for some reason, yeah, Ground is super effective against rock. But he's part, isn't Onyx Ground? I can't remember if it was yeah. super effective or regular Onyx effective. Onyx is rock ground, so it's, like, normal yeah. effective... You know, ground versus ground is normal effective, but ground versus oh. rock is super effective, so... Well, I definitely thought it was just normal effective. Well, maybe that's why I did so much fucking damage, because I was just remember yeah. Onyx going down way too easy and thinking, like, damn, how did that work so well? I remember when I first learned that ground was super effective against rock. It was in my journeys through Kalos. Kalos? I don't know how we say that region. The French region. Kalos. And I, Ceci, had revived one of the fossil pokemon i guess in my defense ground was 4x effective against it but i like could not beat the ground gym leader because i did not know that ground is super effective against rock so that's what i have to say about a region that we're not in right now that is true but yeah minus the onyx which all that led to is switching a pokemon yeah scyther was wing attacking the shit out of the, the fighting pokemon and it really wasn't much of a, a struggle scyther is so fucking fast that it was very quick and uh, and easy, thankfully. And at this point, also, Scyther had... Because it's been the same three or four Pokemon being used, is in the low to mid-40s. And it just wasn't wasn't too much of a struggle. Yeah, this was more of a continuation from that battle with Koga of Astrid being like, I need to try and at least beef up the Hierophant as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. So it was a slog to get through... Bruno with a psychic type Pokemon named Slowking. Actually, at one point, she just started using Surf instead of Confusion, and it wasn't super effective against anybody but the Onyx, but it was a much stronger move than Confusion and was doing way more damage. 
It's, yeah, it's like the earthquake dig effect. It's just a strong enough attack where it's just like, fuck it. Yes. Like, that's kind of been the philosophy for a few of these battles. Where it's just like, Paul could have just been trying to use type advantages, but it was just like, literally, fuck it, let me just bash it over the head with a rock and use strength. Or just use dig and just smash it over the face with a rock from the ground. I feel like beating things with rocks seems to be the, uh, the theme of what Paul enjoys yes. doing to these Pokemon. The Machamp was a little concerning. I think Astrid was nervous about him going into Bruno's final Pokemon, but the Slow King still knew a move called Curse, which it learns very early on in its life as a Slowpoke, which is a weird mm. move that for non-Ghost-type Pokemon, it reduces that Pokemon's speed, but then increases their attack and defense. So Slow King was able to increase its defense via this curse already it was going to be slower than the machamp so the speed detriment didn't really make that much of a difference um and that was really how she made it out of this battle with the machamp still using the hierophant was just beefing up its defense which was a uh strategy that continued into this next and final battle (laughs) yes and what an unfortunately named elite four member karen um, Man, if only they knew 20 years later that Karen would be <laughs> so negatively associated. You know what? <laughs> Should be named Karen. 100%. Oh my god, yes. Claire and Karen is such a Karen. Yup, they need to switch names. Yes. Um, so Elite Four num- member All right, Claire. before we get into the battle, though, I do just want to know, back to our fashion conversation from earlier, Karen yes. can get it. <laughs> just going to go ahead and say that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not arguing with that. Nope. Super I've already... fashionable. Love her really on-trend, like, silvery bleach blonde hair. I love a yeah. cool blonde. I will say, I've wasted so much of Paul's time out in these streets. I felt like <laughs> trying to hit on one of the Elite Four members was not in my best interest if Paul was yeah. going to not hate me. So I decided to hold back. That's fair. Um, now, I will say, on top of being able to get it, Karen is also great taste in Pokemon. Yes, this Just team. Wonderful I'm looking taste at in Pokemon. It. Let's let's run through what she has before we go through the the strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So she's got Numbreon. Awesome. Beautiful. Vile Plume. Amazing. Cutie. Gengar. Just one of the best Pokemon ever. Iconic. Murkrow. Meh, but it's kind of adorable. I like its little witch's hat. But most importantly. Most importantly, Houndoom. There is a fucking Houndoom. Literally the coolest. The coolest Pokemon in Johto. Absolutely. Hands down. No question. Literally, one of my top five ever, ever Pokemon. I I love Houndoom. So, now unfortunately, it wasn't quite as impressive in battle, I will say. Uh, I I can kind of go, because Paul, Paul used a much more varied strategy for this one. And I was very impressed. Because for... Each one, there was a different type advantage, less consistent than the other battles. So, like, mm-hmm. for Umbreon, for example, Beedrill actually got some play in this with Twin Needle using yeah. Bug Against Dark. So, that was actually really useful there. I was happy to see Beedrill get involved, uh, Buzzy Body, because Buzzy Body's kind of been on the bench for a little bit. So, that was nice. But then, all of a sudden, you get Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones coming in clutch, because you got the Ice Punch did work for Vileplume. Yeah. I forgot whether it was Ice or Thunder Punch just to punch Gengar in the face, but it was just, honestly, it was a strong enough attack to do enough damage to knock him out. Thunder Punch went ahead and did work on Murkrow. So you had Mike Jones coming in, knocking out three out of the five members of the squad, which was crazy. And then to round everything out, you got Ariado sideways coming in, Earthquaking Houndoom in the face. Digging? So it was a very... Dig? Did thank you. Dig? Digging. 
<laughs> it's the same. It's the same shit. I think it literally has the same attack power. I it's don't think that's true. <laughs> I think it is. You I know don't what? Let's think that's true. Real time, looking it up. Also, can I just note that Bug is super effective against grass? Oh, well, I, I, Paul didn't think of that one. All right, Dig has a power of eighty. I swear, I thought it was sixty for some reason. Oh, Dig has a power of one hundred in Kanto, but now sixty in Johto and Hoenn, which we'll get to later on. Um, and Earthquake, I think, is a hundred in both. So they I just think. nerfed. They nerfed Dig. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Because people realized, you know, that it was too powerful of a move. We talked about this on our show. Like, you get Earthquake, and then you go into the Elite Four, and you can just destroy anybody. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just looked up for sure to confirm that Earthquake has a power of 100 throughout any region in the Pokeverse, whereas Dig in wow. Johto is 60. That is crazy because Sideways has been leaning on Dig for basically this entire journey and still at 60 apparently still does work. But um, Did you know yeah. you can dig inside of Pokemon gyms? I'm now just reading the Bulbapedia page <laughs> the for The uses it. of digs. I knew you no, could use I did it not. in caves, but I didn't know you could use it in Pokemon gyms to go back to the entrance. That would save a lot of time. <laughs> fancy, fancy. So I will say though, yeah, so you're right. Vileplume definitely could have been a, a bug victim, but I don't know. It's just Paul has been feeling Mike Jones recently. I respect that. It's just Mike and Mike and Paul have just been on a journey together, and it was it was nice to see. I feel like Mike Jones got left behind a lot of this journey, where it was kind of just like yeah. not in the forefront, and just has become a star since Thunder Punch and Ice Punch came into play. How did how did Astrid do? I imagine for this battle, I feel like the squad had to do decent, correct? No, because Dark is super effective against Psychic. But there's only three Dark Pokemon. Yes, that's true. Um, I was really nervous for Astrid, but once we got to the Indigo Plateau and got, you know, our little pamphlets that outline for spectators, this is who the trainers are, and this is the teams that the Elite Four use. Um, seeing that Karen only had three dark types and two non-dark types and only one of those Umbreon is a pure dark type Astrid was again able to try and strategize with some dual type advantages so Umbreon came out first Astrid knew that that was just going to be a slugfest so um, she sent out the sun again her giraffe rig has a really beefy defense and every vitamin that Astrid has found on this journey she has fed to giraffe rig sort of anticipating PED test. <laughs> Calling for a test. Someone's cheating. Someone's got the fucking drugged up Pokemon. So, Giraffe Rig just used Strength, which was great. Uh, super powerful move, especially when it's used by a part normal type Pokemon. Umbreon only knows one dark type move, which is Faint Attack, which has a power of 60. So, not the most powerful move. Mm -hmm. Luckily, the rest of its moves are sort of tricksy. It knows Confuse Ray, Mean Look, Sand Attack. But given that Karen was up against a part psychic type Pokemon, I think she just focused on using Faint Attack and not trying to do any tricksy stuff. And Girafferig was able to just outlast her pretty easily, honestly. Hey. Especially because her Umbreon was only level 42 and Girafferig was up at like level 44 at this point. So mm. it had a level advantage um, and it was beefy. So that was a really, really strong start. Vileplume and Murkrow both 
the Empress Jinx came out, used Icy Wind for that type advantage that Derek just discussed. So, yeah. no issues there. Gengar, the magician, Alakazam came out. It's part poison type. So, Alakazam, despite being weak to ghost type moves, which Gengar doesn't even know any, like, useful ghost type moves. It knows Lick, Spite, Destiny Bond, and Curse. Which you didn't even get a chance to use any of those because Alakazam just used Psychic one time and that was it. Mm. And then this Hound Doom came out. It was level 47. Astrid Slow King was level 42, I think, at this point after the last two battles. Mm. And I was super nervous in the stands watching. But this Hound Doom, like you said, with, you know, Dig and Ariados, it was not as tanky as. I remembered it being, uh, despite the crunch that Houndoom kept using, Slow King just used a couple of surfs. Um, and I mean, you know, there was a bit of a back and forth, Carrie using max potions, Aster using hyper potions, but mm. you know, it, it was not really dicey at any point, which I was very surprised by. Look at that. Yeah. I was, I, I guess I hadn't even thought about it. Cause I don't remember. I was just going to say to recap, the Elite Four, Astrid had no trouble with the Dark-type trainer that should have been super effective against all of her Pokemon, and had the most trouble with Koga, the Poison-type trainer, whom should have been she should have been, yeah, the most super effective against. So I just remember watching Paul go against Karen. I just feel like with the Dark Pokemon, there's no, like, Surf or Earthquake equivalent of Dark moves that they had in their disposal. Now, Crunch can be freaking terrifying. Right. But outside of that, I think it was nice because even though the type advantage... The attacks aren't necessarily as strong as if you were facing, you know, if you're a grass trainer facing a fucking Charizard fire blasting. You yeah. know, it's, you have a chance, it feels like. And now for a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Listening to this show. Are Hyper Potions just not cutting it anymore? Do you somehow have a Pokemon with over 200 hit points? Maybe you just want more than the best for your team, or perhaps you're a member of the Elite Four. No matter what your logic is, Pokemart is pleased to present its newest innovation in Pokemon healing, Max Potions. No more do you have to settle for 200 points of healing, even if your team has health that maxes out around 152 points. Now you can heal for max their health, no matter what it is. The Pokemart has also entered into a partnership with the Indigo Plateau, making Max Potions the official healing tool of the Elite Four. You won't see a single full restore around here. Max Potions are sold exclusively at the Pokemart at the Indigo Plateau, so whether you're battling or spectating, be sure to grab a few bottles of the Max healing power of Max Potions. Pokemart, we'll take all your money, please. Now back to our show. I feel like at this point, you've beaten the Elite Four, quote-unquote. Yeah. So, I guess it's a kind of a misnomer, because uh, that's not it. It's not done with Karen. Karen is not the final nemesis on this journey. It is someone who we are all too familiar with that kind of rolls in to be it's the final challenger. It's not Burgess or Dino, if that's what you're thinking, listeners. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> oh, you know what? I should have teased it harder. That's like what Someone I we're very close with. Yeah. Someone we've heard. You're, that would have made sense. No. Freaking Lance. Now, yeah, wh- that's a good question. Bujis and Dino have not been defeated from my understanding. Why are they not here? I don't think 
think Dino, we discussed this, I think, in our debrief. Dino was not super interested in being champion. He just wanted to learn more about Pokemon. So I'm not surprised yeah. that he wasn't here. Bugis, frankly, let's be real, for sure somebody else defeated him. Potentially Lance, I wow. guess. But <laughs> That is rude. Probably accurate, but still very rude. Now with Lance. Lance is an interesting fellow. Um, just, just a lot. You've heard the interviews on the show. He's a friend of the show. I don't want to say he's just he's an interesting guy. There's a lot going on. He's fucking beautiful, but there's just I don't know if there's much beyond that. Right. Still, Lance, call me now <laughs> for this battle. Paul was fucking ready to go. I, I've talked up Mike Jones. Mike Jones was the fucking MVP. Fun fact: Thunder Punch destroys this entire team. Yeah. Just one by one. Yeah. Like, just back to back to back. It was... Like, why is he a dragon oh. tamer when all of his Pokemon are flying types? Like, all Lance, of them are I flying. think you're actually a flying type trainer. Well, the funniest thing is when I, when I saw Lance and Paul walked in, I was like, oh, shit. And then, you know, Mike Jones came out. I was yeah. like, Ice Punch. That's great against dragons. This is going to be wonderful. I genuinely don't know if he actually used Ice Punch even once. Really? Because it was just like, oh, Gyarados water flying. I'm going to thunder punch the shit out of you. Oh, that's a Dragonite flying over here? Let me thunder punch you. And it was just like back and forth. There were sparks flying everywhere. Lance's hair was standing up even higher because of the electricity in the air. It was was satisfying to watch. I'm not going to lie. But uh, Lance did not look like he was having a good time. With each of the members of the Elite Four, I've sort of gone Pokemon by Pokemon and outlined really descriptively how Astrid's battles went. It's not even worth doing it with Lance because, frankly, he was the easiest one of all yeah. five of the trainers that Astrid faced here. I agree. Just like Paul Wall, Astrid's Alakazam, new Thunder Punch, so Gyarados down easily. The three Dragonites of varying levels. Astrid <laughs> put out the Empress, her Jinx, Icy Wind, done, no problem. How do you think the other two Dragonites feel about not being the highest level Dragonite? Because clearly he has a favorite. It's like having three kids and just one of them, it's like, but you're yeah. better than the rest. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if one's better than the rest because Astrid just one hit KO'd <laughs> all of them. And then Charizard and Aerodactyl, again, a couple of surfs from Slow King, and that was it. Like, this was a, every single Pokemon that Astrid faced from Lance was a one hit KO. It was not any issue for her whatsoever. Yeah, which was nice. It was cool because it was like it was like a coronation. I don't know for uh, all you sports fans out there, it felt like when the Miami Heat won the championship back in 2011 against the Thunder, where it was this like hard fought series. But for Game Five, when the Heat locked it up, it was just a blowout. Exact same thing. Fifth battle blowout. While there were some close ones before it, and it was a coronation of a new champion. Yeah. Bam. Sports reference. I can feel the heat down in my soul. <laughs> This is the point at which, you know, the battle ends. Look, I have I usually don't talk bad about coworkers, but Mary, kindly go fuck yourself. You can't be stealing our scoops. This is our story. She's always trying to show up. Okay, look, ours. I get she has a different program on Professor Oak's mm-hmm. channel, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Like you do your thing and we do our thing. Like we have a pretty clear niche of on the road reporting on trainer journeys why is mary showing up now that our trainers you know have defeated the elite four and the champion and is like oh now you know i need to interview your trainers for my show and it's like no our trainers don't talk to anybody also they're minors so i'm pretty sure you can't interview them without signed consent from their parents 
Yeah, exactly. There's on so many levels I was annoyed and just disgusted because like, bro, just back off, back off. Look, at least Oak blew her off. Oak was not interested in any of her or has not been interested in any of her bullshit trying to steal our stories, steal our scoops, which is fine. Mary, go find something else to yeah, do. Yeah, Mary was annoyed that she missed the battle and blames Professor Oak for being late and holding her up, which like fair was probably true, but I like to think a little bit of me that Professor Oak, rather than, you know, starting any office drama and telling Mary to back off, like, directly, was, like, dragging his feet on getting ready to go so that he knew that Astro and Paul would have enough time for it to be our story before Mary showed up. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It just, yeah, go away. This is this is Astrid's moment. This is Paul's moment to shine. And says, you know, in the most paul way possible there was only one way to celebrate this elite four victory or elite five if we want to throw lance in there uh and it is with his favorite paul wall verse and he has been stealing little parts of this it is part of what inspired his journey we actually have we don't really hear from the trainers much we like to give them privacy but we have exclusive exclusive footage of paul wall going in after his elite five victory really there could be no other way only one choice what it do? It's Paul Wall. I'm the people's champ. My chain light up like a lamp because now I'm back with the camp. I'm crawling similar to an ant because I'm low to the earth. People's feelings get hurt when they figure out what I'm worth. I got 84s poking out at the club. I'm showing out. I'm a player. Ain't no doubt. Hoes want to know what I'm about. Biggest diamonds off in my mouth. Prince cuts all in my chain. Wood grain all in my range. Dripping stains when I switch lanes. Switch the name. Still the same. Switch the how to switch the blast. Mike Jones, he run the game and magnificent bad as cash. Michael Watts, he made me hot. Hard work to me to the top g dash took me to the lot he wrote a check and bought a drop i got the internet going nuts but t ferris got my back so now i'm holding my nuts it's paul wall baby what you know about me i'm on that five nine south leave baby holla at me that was a life-changing i've been waiting that was just the, the voice of a little tiny honestly. human angel is basically the only way Fergie and Jesus type shit. It was it was wonderful. Very iconic. Iconic. <laughs> oh, <Fergie>. Very iconic. <laughs> All right. So that is going to wrap it up for this episode and almost the season. I would say the season, but y'all have to check out the postseason recap, that post game show to kind of get the lowdown on kind of our final thoughts of everything that we've experienced here so far, plus a little sneak preview into season three. Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, the new journey and challenge that our trainers have lined up is, of course, very interesting. And I can't wait to tell everyone about it. It's going to be a phenomenal time. But for now, this has been Pokemon Radio with your hosts Derek and Ceci on Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Now, stay tuned later this week for a bonus episode we just talked about. Make sure you check that out. It's just be irresponsible. You spent all this time listening to us talk and listening to us babble you can't miss the that condensed good stuff at the end get you that little that little dose that you need to hold you over until next season so many fun things to come but for now says you hit them with the social media if you are on twitter or instagram you can find us at pokemon radio pod throughout the next month or so we're going to be doing some fun recaps so similarly to our post season one break uh, we'll be having a lot of fun listener polls and, you know, opportunities to solicit feedback. So really looking forward to seeing what you all have to share on the social media channels. And then if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please do rate and review the show. It's really helpful to us as we, you know, line up for season three. We want to make sure that we hear your voice and 
know what you like or what we maybe want to think about changing. And no matter where you listen, uh, please do subscribe or follow the show so you can stay up to date on all of our episodes and be alerted when our new season launches. Woo-hoo! This show is made possible by support for your Goldrod Public Radio subscription from listeners like you. Always remember... Raising all the bugs. And psychic types. Oh no, because that'll fuck up the audio. Play it through your headphones. Like you play oh, me through your headphones. I'm a fucking idiot, yo. <laughs> I am such an idiot. I'm literally like... <laughs> it's been a long morning. I can tell. I'm literally just like, what is this technology that we can do to create a way in which I can hear something? But my mic won't pick it up. Well, let me tell you, I have just the tool. (laughs) I have not had my cappuccino yet this morning. Oh, no. In case you couldn't tell. I can tell.